Hello, this is Matt, and you're listening to That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga we find interesting. This week, I somehow managed to convince the rest of the cast to do another sports manga, so we are reading Blue Lock, written by Munayuki Kanashiro and illustrated by Yusuke Nomura. This week we read chapters 1 through 15, which gets you about halfway through the introduction arc. So suit up, get your stretches in, and make sure to leave it all out on the field, because end of the day, there can only be one winner. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the franchise that we read this week. For me, I had heard Blue Lock get uh, talked about here and there, but I never looked at it more closely than that. I don't know why, but I had it in my head that something called Blue Lock has to be like a mech show, right? You're thinking of Blue Gender. (laughs) I I might have been. I was very wrong, but that's about it. I would think it'd be about uh, badminton, but that'd be Blue Box. (laughs) Or, (laughs) also conveniently, it might be about Blue's Jazz. But then that would just be Blue Giant. (laughs) Yeah, but it's definitely not about painting. So in no way could it be Blueberry. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, Matt, what's your familiarity with it? I mean, I mean, other than the fact that you ghost wrote it. <laughs> blue, blue Giant, Blue Giant, no. Um, blue Lock is uh, something I read pretty regularly. Um, I'm not caught up with it, but I also wait for the volumes to go on sale digitally. So um, I'm kind of lazy about it, but I read it in bulk. Um, it is a, it is a sports manga. It is up my very narrow wheelhouse of like a sports manga death game kind of thing. And it has people yelling at each other to stop feeling good about yourselves and just succeed. And I'm like, yes, good. All of these things I approve of. Again, that's why we say Matt Ghost wrote this. <laughs> Jay, how about you? Sure. So actually, this came highly recommended for Matt. Um, it actually uh, falls in line. I'm the one on the podcast who generally does not like sports manga. Um, However, I do like um, prison death situations. I'm a huge fan of hopefully we'll get around to reading Dead Man Wonderland. Like so many children, I I grew up with soccer, played soccer for many years, and I was intrigued. So um, this is a first read through for me. And yeah. And Jacob. Uh, the most exposure to the title Blue Lock that I've gotten is Matt mentioning it on the podcast. So pretty much completely blind for me. As one might expect from a soccer manga, we open up with uh, the World Cup, uh, the biggest soccer. Or, well, actually, we don't open up on the World Cup strictly. We open up with... Um, <laughs> is it strictly <laughs> right before or right after the last World Cup? I think they're like they're gaining momentum towards the next World Cup. Uh, it was... I think it was right after the previous one because Japan lost. They show footage of the uh, lost game. Mm -hmm. Yep, Japan getting taken down in the best of 16. And so we open up our story in Japan Football Union uh, where the board is talking about what the heck are we going to do about this? (laughs) Where we meet our first named character, uh, one Henri Thierry. She is a new hire and uh, she does the classic thing of telling uh, the stupid, lazy old men what stupid, lazy old men they are. 
like that. Mm-hmm. Up at a young woman. Telling uh, us how it is. What I like the most about this is that it this manga gets directly in your face with its aesthetic very quickly because it, it has this little boardroom meeting that people are talking. Like five chapters in, extreme close-up of Henri's very severe expression <laughs> as she's like, if this continues like it is, Japan will never win the World Cup. <laughs> We have to revolutionize Japanese soccer so we can get victory. <laughs> like, okay, calm the hell down. And then no one calms the hell down this entire manga. In fact, Love people it. get more extreme. Yes. The uh, lazy old men in the boardroom can't stop commenting about her chest, which uh, I'm not going to lie. It's sort of interesting. I don't think that she has entirely unrealistic proportions. This is not a manga that, like, goes ultra extreme with the female character designs. So. Designs. You're being a bit generous there, Jacob. Fair. (laughs) There's a female character design. Well, yeah, that's sometimes the years of gender. I I do agree with Jacob's characterization of of design because a lot of these women, come on, do not exist in reality outside of a doctor's office. They're they're not (laughs) they're not a human body shape, you know, (laughs) and the other characters in this are how humans look. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, this this manga loves its exaggerated proportions so much. I mean, yeah. One thing that I noted is that um Andre's kind of the only like air quotes fan service character. There's still a lot of male gaze in this manga, not necessarily what? the aspect of male gaze which is the one that's most talked about, yeah. Yeah. Sam, but... Sam there's a lot of male gaze, okay? Oh, Shut yeah. up. <laughs> There's also the male gaze of the idealized male form. As yes, an that's what I was, that was thing. part of. That's part of what I was referring to. Yeah, and that is like ninety percent of this manga. <laughs> I was here for it. It made me feel things, Sam. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it too. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is one of those things where it's like. Reasons. I'm 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 part of the uh, the half of the podcast that doesn't necessarily appeal directly, but it is nice to see those sorts of things because uh, 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 my and half of Sam's demographic and Matt, uh, I assume Matt's demographic. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, talk for you, but uh, it is oversaturated. It's undersaturated. We actually need to amp this up by like ten. No, 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 no. I mean, what is in Blue Lock is an undersaturated thing. The opposite is oversaturated. Yes. The thing we were talking about with the, uh, that's not how people work. Hold hold on. We've we've watched a couple. I mean, remember, we um, read and very early on, um, Shumetsuno Valkyrie. And then there was Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone's a much better example. Yeah. It's just sexy. Yeah, Dr. Stone is very egalitarian. We're spending a lot of time talking about sexy bodies for this manga about soccer. I I can't emphasize this enough. It's very important. But there are a lot of sexy bodies in this manga. Yeah, there is a copious amount of sweating. There is. I don't think that there's a single panel anywhere in this manga where someone isn't either either concerned sweating or like, did you just get pulled out of the ocean? But they do it in such a beautiful, artistic way. It's just like, oh, yes. Listen. They're they're either dripping in sweat or just got out of the shower. I'm hard to tell. Like, they'll be steaming and you're like, did you just get out of a shower or did you just get off of a workout? I Yes. 
<laughs> no, he, they just got off of the workout, and and that's their uh, their sports battle aura. <laughs> There's that too that we'll get to. I was gonna say that's kind of a plot point, but uh, that's that's significantly later. We we haven't even uh -huh. really uh, uh, gotten to the inciting incident of all of this. We have introduced one character so far. <laughs> that is the female manager. Yeah. We need to actually get down to introducing our protag coon, who is well. First, it's important well, to say that it's not even our protag, right? Right. Well, it's important that Andre uh, uh, convinced the board to hire a new coach that will revolutionize Japanese soccer in order to uh, get a World Cup victory. Jinpachi Ego. He he is named like a Marvel villain. We will get to him. He is just foreshadowed right now as we cut to um the qualifiers for uh Scholastic Nationals. High school second year Yoichi Isagi, uh our pro tag, in the midst of the game that if they win will uh send his uh high school team to nationals. Uh he is uh mere instance away from shooting on the goal. But his teammate is wide open, so uh, soccer is a team sport, so pass the teammate who flubs the shoot. Mm -hmm. Or the uh, opposing team uses this opportunity to counter uh, with their star player, golden boy Ryusuke Kira, uh, the rising star, the, ju the jewel of Japanese youth soccer, very swiftly scores a magnificent goal and gets the winning point for his team. I love how this manga starts off as acting like it's going to be your kind of standard shonen fare. You know, we've got our uh, dark-haired protag, we've got our light-haired obvious rival. Soccer is a team sport. Isagi's uh, coach is talking like, oh, I know that uh, this was the last chance for some of you because you're upperclassmen, but uh, this team will always live on in my heart. It, you know, it, it uh, feels... No, it's, I, this line I really love because what he said, as is to me, this team will be the best team. The is the greatest team in all of Japan, and it's that exact line that has Asagi go. Uh, no, no. If we were the best team, we'd be going to nationals right now. Shut up. And that's like the this entire time Asagi's going through like the uh, like what you would expect from a sports manga. It's like, no, come on, you got to just keep fighting. You got to work with your teammates, and we can all work together. And Asagi's really just coming to the conclusion. No, I trusted someone. They let me down. I should have just taken initiative and done it myself to guarantee it got done. And like, it's this scene where he just has that primal scream of just anger to himself that he'd been kept bottled up this entire time. And he just goes like, I am so pissed off at myself. I could have won. Mm -hmm. And if you want the job right, you better do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Despite losing the opportunity at nationals. Uh, it's not quite all over yet for our young hero as he returns home to his parents who are just the most blasé parents ever, which is good because they don't matter. They are in about a quarter of one scene. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're real supportive, but uh, don't know what they're talking about. They're like, oh, how'd, you, how'd your game go, buddy? We lost. Oh, you want a pork cutlet? You should have done that before the game. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> I find it hard to believe, though, because I mean, I understand perhaps them not being keyed on to the specifics, but I mean, the fact that and this is possibly me stereotyping 100 percent, but it's just like the fact that neither dad nor mom knew anything about sports. 
Like, like, I get the inclination that neither of them had been part of, like, not necessarily, like, team sports or even, like, sports growing to school or growing up. Yeah. It, and that, that sticks out as very odd to me. The match they played was literally what got them into nationals. Like, the other team got interviewed by the news. So this was a very important match, and they seemed <laughs> to think it was just another game. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's being, oh, I'm going to support your hobby. I don't really get it. But, I mean, like, this is sports. I feel like there's a wider audience for sports than, again, going back to our previous episode. His parents are nerds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the only explanation, but, yeah. Waiting for Isagi at home is a letter from uh, the Japan Soccer Federation. An invitation to special player training. And that's all they know. There's a location and who it's from, basically. And that's it. And he shows up right as our obvious rival. Uh, Kira also shows up. And I, I love this scene. Kira is like the bright, sparkly, perfect Bishi boy. You know, he's like, hey, great match the other day. You remember me from that one, right? It's like, oh, yeah, you're you're Kira, the golden boy. It's like, I totally remember you. You've got a great sense of the game. Anyway, I hope in this special training program, we can become great friends. Maybe we'll even be on the same team. And he's just so peppy. And I was just waiting for the moment where he has the ego breakdown. And it does happen. Just not well, where I thought it would be. <laughs> but like, well, what they're doing right now is like Kira is kind of getting all the flags for this is the main character you yeah. know he's got the like i'm naturally gifted i just want everyone to have i, I i'm doing this for the love of my teammates and the love of the game mm -hmm. meanwhile what, uh, we, what we get from asagi is he just had a mental breakdown by the river because he like dared to let his teammate have a shot at victory which sets up the important contrast between these our two primary characters well, currently primary characters. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll get to that. But before their uh, budding friendship or rivalry or whatever can go any further, <laughs> now we actually meet Shinpachi Ego and holy sh this guy. He's great. Um, this is part of the reason why, like, why I wanted to mention about character design being so unusual. And also this being one of the, one of the instances where his unusual character style made me realize a certain feature that I had never considered before as being particularly interesting. He's a long neck. Did anyone else pick up on that? A really <laughs> weird. So long. I, I can't explain it, but it's very, very interesting. I'll just leave like, it at that. Like everything about this guy is stretched just beyond what you'd think is like an acceptable human proportion. Yes, ladies, which is almost god damn it, uh, <laughs> uh, including his smile, which is uh, I mean, he has some Junji Ito panels in all honesty. Let's, let's be real. Uh, well, he, he, he gets the most of what Blue Lock loves doing is the fisheye lens on someone's eyeball of like, huh? Like that anime face of, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, but instead of going, oh no, it's him going, omoshiroi. But uh, he, he's got a very strong character intro introduction because the lights go out, a spotlight's on him, and he says, congratulations, you lumps of unpolished talent. I've determined you're the 300 best strikers in Japan under 18. 
and I am going to grind you down until there's just one of you to be the best striker and win the World Cup for Japan. Okay? <laughs> it's like, he kidnaps 300 high school kids to put them in a well soccer factory. It's it, it's claimed later on that he got permission from the parents. Uh, all, the, all the people volunteered for this. They show up at a second location. Like, they yeah, are picked up by, by a bus, so... Yeah, he does also he does also uh, explicitly mention if you have a problem with this, you can just leave. Well, if you have a problem with this, you can piss off, you pathetic loser. Apparently no one did, though, because they sent the invites out to 300 people. Uh, 300. Yeah, 300. And then mm -hmm. it's 300, 300 people in the thing, Yeah, uh. which which is kind of interesting in its own right. There are the elements of uh, ego does actually uh, talk about uh, his philosophy when it comes to strikers. The golden boy, light haired rival character who loves teamwork, uh, literally only decides to go uh, because he wants to prove it wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which um, is saying something, because uh, if you remember correctly, in order to agree to this, you had to basically quit your current team. So apparently Ego just decided before Japan's like high school nationals for soccer, uh, all the strikers are getting recruited. <laughs> so multiple <laughs> teams lost their key player. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Like everything this guy does is so wildly over the top. It's funny. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, his philosophy is that uh, strikers will be born where the game is the hottest in the world. So he has created the Blue Lock, a facility where uh, they will be pitted against each other in brutal competition until one stands atop the bodies of the other 299. It's beautiful. Pure competition. Pure bloodshed. I love it. <laughs> It could be one. This is where the full plot line gets revealed to everyone that, um, yes, you are reading a sports manga about a group of people locked in a prison <laughs> fighting for the to the death with quotation marks around death because they're just kicked out and are told they can never play soccer professionally. No, you don't understand. It is the they're death not. of their dreams. They can never represent Japan again. In any capacity. Well, at least not sports. Well, at, at, at least in any in any soccer capacity. Well, the, the other thing is, is the way that it's framed is that since Ego is part of the Japanese uh, soccer league, he just wouldn't let you onto the team. So yeah. it's one of those ones where uh, you get blacklisted, it, essentially. It comes off it, it comes off way more threatening because it's Ego and uh, he's uh, he's a guy. So <laughs> everything he does is threatening. It's one of those ones where it's like if he gets fired, you're probably fine. But also that's not really playing into the thoughts and minds of the teenagers who are currently here so <laughs> well because most of their dreams are to go represent japan on the world cup because as far as like japanese soccer goes that's pretty high up there yeah that that is the current pinnacle of japanese soccer because uh japan only recently we get a little uh history lesson in a later chapter but japan only recently started regularly reaching world cup levels so that is the pinnacle as far as uh, playing professional soccer inside Japan is considered. The whole point of Blue Lock is to drag that pinnacle all the way to the uh, winner's circle. I, I love the bit where uh, Kira is saying like, no, that's stupid. I believe in friendship and the power of teamwork. And, and he's like the only one like like going off like uh, in like this huge like um, assembly room. 
I know. Where everyone is like captivated listening to this rant by Ego, and he's the only one. He's main charactering. He's like, how dare you sheep just listen to him? He's he's a bad guy. And like the whole thing is like, oh yeah, man, you really care about your teammates who you abandoned to come to this meeting. Oh! <laughs> and uh and he's like, I want to be like the great heroes of Japanese soccer. Oh, you mean the ones that never won the World Cup? That trash? <laughs> How about Noel Noah or Eric Cantanoa or Pele? All these people who who uh, achieved great victories and are the biggest ego-driven, uh, self-centered monsters in the sport. I, I, I do appreciate winning manga because manga has a bad track record for um, letting uh, Japanese nationalism have a bit too much of a voice sometimes. Ego comes in and says, Japan ain't shit. <laughs> if you want to be good, maybe we should succeed rather than come up with excuses. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Not, not an unfair point to make. And then uh, the door opens and, uh, well, Isagi seems to be the first one to break, but after him, everybody else just becomes this stampede running into uh, Blue Lock. That's a that's a very common motif. Yep. And that's all chapter one. <laughs> like this manga, this manga floors it and does not let up. Well, hey, if you call a manga blue lock and they're not in the prison by the end of chapter one, what are you even doing? Like <laughs> <laughs> the letters of consent are just breezed right over. It's like this doesn't matter. It's mentioned in passing so, like seven chapters. Um, is this a when we get the overhead shot of Blue Lock to reveal that it is, it is in the shape of a, oh no, that's later, but it's in the shape of a soccer ball pattern? <laughs> yeah. It's a pentagon. Yeah, it's a <laughs> pentagon. <laughs> and it's this incredibly massive facility on the top of a mountain. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? You can just build facilities on the mountain where you just like completely like kidnap, not kidnap a bunch of like high schoolers. I, <laughs> I, I don't think this comes up in our reading, but there's a really funny bit where uh, one of they cut back to Ego and he's currently getting yelled at for spending so much money on a prison facility. <laughs> <laughs> he did all of this without permission. He just went ahead and spent it. I was like, yeah. You got the go ahead to, you said do whatever necessary, so I did. Yeah, it's like judging by these facilities, the Japanese Soccer Federation has more money and power than God. Well, they sure, they certainly weren't spending it on making good strikers, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, given what I know about uh, the actual, like, uh, International Soccer Federation, that, that seems about right, but. <laughs> Our boy Isagi. Uh, well, everyone's given a uniform, which has a counter on it with a number and a letter and you find the room with the corresponding letter and that is your dorm. And so Isaki mm -hmm. gets his uniform and it is 299Z. Remember there are 300 people. I wonder what that number means. <laughs> it takes Isagi a little too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to mention uh it's not particularly subtle cuz it very much doesn't want to be. <laughs> Yep. Uh, he gets to room C, which is literally just a locker room. It's a locker room without even any benches. Well, it's yeah, just a, it's, a, it's a multi-purpose room. It's their locker room. It's their sleep room. It's their common room. It's everything. 
And all it has is lockers. That's the only furniture. <laughs> Maybe if he wants it better, he shouldn't be the bottom of the barrel. Do we know if the other rooms like have more furniture? We know they have different other luxuries or different other. Well, Ego says as much. Yeah. Ego claimed that. And I figure it's about a 50 50 uh, shot when we uh, inevitably see the uh, the higher tier rooms that if he was lying or not, they're all austere. And he told the high end people that uh, that the numbers went in reverse or alternatively, it is actually uh ostentatious i have no idea both of them are equally likely i, I think what he says in this part is like um the higher end stuff is to uh you're learning what it's like to be hungry and want something they're learning how to live on top of the world because they've already proven it like he, he says there's a lesson for both things but you know he's also full of shit because he just starts shouting things yeah yeah that's a, that's why that's why i'm like I could totally see it all being a lie, but also I could totally see it actually being exactly what he said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the uh, and the uh, first test happens literally immediately. Play tag. That was very scary. They were there for literally like five minutes. and <laughs> It's immediately like, OK, well, we are going to eliminate one of you because <laughs> uh <laughs> Are they, they're divided into teams of six, right? And then they're told the person who is it at the end of two minutes and 15 seconds will be out. I don't think that they're divided into teams of six. It's just all 12 of them. Oh, it's it's all 12 of them. You're right. You're right. Because there's 11 people on yeah. it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, whoever whoever gets the ball, hit somebody with it uh, in he gives a specific amount of time. I don't recall off the top of my head, but uh, uh, he claims it's relevant at the end. If that's the case, the tag um, chapters, I will say, don't make it very clear how many people are in the room. It makes it clear there are at least three. <laughs> there is a lot of it takes a little bit, a little while for Blue Lock to really get into the character swing of things, because there are a lot of sort of balls of character design moving about in the background until we actually get into uh, the final section of our reading. Because it, it's really only focused on Isagi, Kira, and basically one or two other characters. Yeah, like like Igoguri is, uh, or for the tag game at least, he's uh, important, but that he's just the, he's basically just the comic relief. Yeah. He's the comic relief who is, um, oh man, the main character is 299. That's almost the worst. Hey, <laughs> you're number 300. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. I like him. His whole thing is he doesn't want to uh, inherit a temple. Inherit a temple. And yet, <laughs> yet uh, every time he uh, goes to do something cool in soccer, he basically goes Namu Amida Butsu. I guess habits die hard. They set it up very strongly. That he has a sad backstory that means he can't possibly lose, which in sport, which in... Um, I mean, in, in the context that it's built up to this point is basically, uh, oh boy, he's uh, he's getting brutally crushed, isn't he? In your traditional sports manga, you'd be like, you're right, you shouldn't have to do what your dad wants. But in this manga, it's just like, your dream really isn't strong enough. Go back to being a coward. <laughs> <laughs> Tag game plays out, and one of the characters who becomes significantly more relevant later, Bachira, he overtly passes it to uh, Isagi. He specifically, he doesn't try to peg him with the soccer ball, he's specifically passing it. And Isagi reflexively uh, beans uh, in the face. But a few seconds left on the clock. 
not even a few seconds, one second singular. Our little temple boy uh, sprained his ankle and basically everyone else was just like, oh, that dude can't move. We can just take him out and we can have an easy win. And Bachira saw something in Asagi because Asagi hesitated about just taking the easy way out because he was just holding on to the ball for like most of their time, actually. Like it was like 40 mm, seconds yeah. of their whole thing. Uh, he didn't know who to aim at. Yeah, because Isaki comes to the realization that if Blue Lock is all about making the most powerful striker, if I just beat on those lower than me, I'm never going to become stronger unless I challenge the higher ups. That that's not proving that I'm the best. That's just me coasting off of not being the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which which and, uh, won't last long, especially when you're second from the bottom. That's what Bachira uh, like notices Isaki come to that realization and immediately go, oh, I like this kid. He's great. And so he steals the ball and does the whole thing that Jake mentioned. Oh, and uh, Kira's beaten in the face. The ball drops in front of him and he just stands there for like the final second and lets that mm -hmm. take away of just like, what just happened? I got betrayed? Mm -hmm. oh. And you're like, oh no, he was clearly like main character's rival, eliminated in the first round? Yep. He goes on a giant temper tantrum about how it's not fair. It's not my fault. What is this test even about? And Ego has an answer for every one of his questions. Why was this only like two minutes, 45 seconds? Because in a 90 minute game, that is the average amount of time any single player individually has control of the ball. Why are we in this tiny room? Because this is the size of the penalty pitch, the, play, the penalty zone where most players will be. But I couldn't do anything. You had a whole second to kick the ball anywhere else in this very small room. You didn't do any of that. Piss off, loser. I don't have time for losers. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much because Kira is being set up like throughout this entire time. For one, he's being set up as the main as the main shonen rival. And for two, he's got a lot of flags of the story type of being, you know, shining golden boy for the public, but being this like absolute horrid, like demon tyrant behind the scenes or the character of the popular kid that gets away with being a complete asshole because he never shows that he's a complete asshole to anyone with actual power. Yeah. Yep. As far as we see, right up until he loses, he keeps the golden boy thing going all the time. Like he genuinely was that way. And it's only when he gets defeated that it lets a little bit of his ego through, but it wasn't enough to save him in Blue Lock. And so he, he, he screams about, how do you really think these people ranked lower than me or better than me? They won, didn't they? Results speak louder than whatever you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. I did the fundamentals better. I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, at the end of the day, soccer is about scoring points and you didn't. The thing that I really love is he he talks about how he's, you know, he's the shining jewel of Japanese youth soccer. He's this rising star. But he was in the lowest room of the worst wing. Mm -hmm. There were at least 290 people that were that ego considered to be better than him. And, you know, maybe if you had won the tag game, you uh, could have proved that, but you didn't. 
So get out of here. I feel like Ego would be a great dad. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I don't think that. Look, we look, we already did the uh, Kaiju number eight episode. <laughs> like, come on. Traditionally, people willing to cut the people who aren't succeeding would be terrible fathers because you don't just get to abandon children you don't like. <laughs> right. <laughs> For our listeners out there, that was sarcasm. <laughs> it appears. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Yes. You definitely do not get to do that. And anyway, uh, Kira sulks his way out. Meanwhile, Isagi's having a moral crisis because he's like, oh man, that really sucks. Kira's entire like career was ruined. He had such promise. But why does this feel so good? Why does this make me feel so way? Yes, there was a lot of it reading this. On, on a reread, I forgot how this is like a part of Asagi's character the whole way through. Are these little spikes of just like maliciousness, this like enjoying other people's pain. What and did like, they call this? I could have done better. Schadenfreude. There Schadenfreude. you go. Like it's other people failing means I succeed. And it's just like, it's so delicious. Yes. There is a moment later on that is just hauntingly powerful. The the art in this is spectacular, by the way. You know, real you know, uh every time we have a, a two man team of mangaka on the show, we you know, we make a point of talking about how great the manga or the art is. This has some really striking art. And there's a moment later where Isaki gets a win. And he walks up to the character that, you know, basically was his foil through that entire combat and stands over him. He doesn't even say anything. He just stares down at him wide eyed, shaking like this feels so good as he's watching this other character crying. Mm -hmm. And it's such an intense tableau like, oh, but that's later <laughs> right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> right now ego continues to be the nuttiest character by being like hey you know that feeling of survival that's victory carve it into your brains we continue the rest of the trials later i mean i i, I made the joke about how uh his name was that of a that of a western comic book villain uh his everything is that um <laughs> i would not be shocked if he he came out in a cyber suit at some point <laughs> a uh, a a uh, a crime uh, facilitating soccer themed cyber suit that he could rob a bank with or something. So yeah, um, I, I don't think I don't think in our reading it gets as insane as it gets later. But you find out he's got some impressive tech. Oh no! Oh good. <laughs> it's um it's pretty bad right now because he's got those like electronic badges that have the number. Like those are real. The Holographic displays are, eh, they're they're at least invisible. Theoretically possible. They're they're not. Yeah, they're they're not too far out from what already exists. Yeah, and like the entire facility is automated, so that's also kind of weird. But you know, it's all within a realm of possibility. Uh, he goes a little down the Tony Stark <laughs> rabbit hole of <laughs> I invented this thing, and I'm like, well, I guess he doesn't invent; he just buys it. So I'm not sure he literally has too much money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is such a thing as having too many resources and it is Jinpachi ego. This is also where we get uh, uh, we get a bit of an interstitial chapter where they uh, hand wave the whole uh, consent forms thing. They, they, they had the parents sign consent forms. <laughs> yeah, but right before that interstitial chapter, there is one where after the tag match, uh, 
you know, we we get a bit of an idea of what daily life in Blue Lock is like. It's like right down to the minute, everything is scheduled, training, eating, sleeping, that sort of thing. And the, we get they are in soccer prison. Their days are itinerized. Yep. We get a f we get a few uh, even their uniforms are kind of uh, <laughs> prison outfits because they're like skin type. They're they're like black jumpsuits with stripes on them. Sure, they're not exactly look like Under Armour like body suits. Hot. It's like a, it's a crossover. It's a cross between the stereotypical black and white striped prison uniform and Under Armour. I I think there's a throwaway line that those bands are actually like restrictive like. They're elastic, so there's kind of like they're constantly doing resistance training in these jumpsuits, but that it it doesn't really matter. But it's like they're tech jumpsuits to make training better. Like it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We get we meet a few more members of Team Z. Like we have Raichi, who is just Bakugo. Why are you in this manga? You're in the wrong manga. I don't know. I think Bakugo fits better in this manga than uh, he. Or he <laughs> does. Like you, you say that, but then like there's other times where like I agreed with you in that one still of him, but then like other times I'm like this isn't Bakugo. <laughs> I, I think the I think the first time he shows up, he looks way more Bakugo than he ever does later on. So yeah, yeah. I like, think that's so just that one angle. I also actually now that I think about it, I don't know when did uh, this come out. Uh, this could be older than Hiroaka for all I know. Let's see. I, mm, I'm going to assume that's unlikely. Because Hiroaka is like, what, on its fourth season now? 2018. Mm. Uh, uh, this also takes place in 2018, so um, oh, yeah, the yeah. super technology they have makes no sense. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot, like, all the tech that, um, at least in our reading section, we've seen is basically exaggerated versions of real things that exist. Uh, but, like, that sort of implies uh, near future. Um but yeah, because I, I did just want to note that, you know, we're joking about this being Bakugo uh, stepped into the wrong series. It is a joke because he's obviously not Bakugo. It is just funny that he has a similar, not the same, but a similar personality and a similar character design on top of it. We also have my favorite member of Team Z, uh, Kuan, who is, uh, he's just kind of chill. He's kind of like Brock-like in that <laughs> he's, he's, um the almost sideline character who is the wiser and older archetype. He also jump real good. <laughs> like Jumpman Mario. He has nice hair. He jump good. He does have they nice all hair. have nice hair, Jay. <laughs> they do all have nice <laughs> hair. Okay, I have I unfortunately have very little to contribute to this conversation other than they real hot and they 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 kick good and they do good things. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I, I, I think there has to be part of their regiment of like their like itinerary for each day has to be go to barber, get nice fade. Like these people yes. have immaculate <laughs> hairstyles. I know, and it drives me insane. Like literally one of the characters one, later on, I was talking to Matt about this. and like, dude literally went to get a fade like within like a day or so. Cause no way. Dude, dude. dude got his team name faded into his head. Like, oh, what? I'm on Team X. Well, Team X, <laughs> which is insane because when that game happens, it is an hour after they showed up at the facility. <laughs> so, like, that's what I mean. Too coincidental. I thought I thought it was after at least a oh, day. Was it the I thought there were... They have time to settle into the rhythm of the of the prison before the selection. They they get their first meal, 
which uh, did we talk about how the meal is um, a bowl of rice, a cup of miso soup, and then a side dish that is determined, I can only assume entirely randomly by what your number is. Well, they always get the same side dish, but when they show the teams like what the side dishes are in ranking, I'm like, okay, you've got your meats up top and then you go to like less desirable things. But like one of the top picks for at least the lower division we saw is fried vegetables. And I'm like, that's a Above fried chicken. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> that's above fried chicken. That's a like uh, Temple Boy Ikaguri. That's his name. Well, that that's his nickname because it's a portmanteau of his first and last. But uh, Ikaguri always gets pickled radish. Um, Isagi always gets natto. <laughs> they get real bored of it real quick. <laughs> but um, the main purpose of this chapter is to introduce uh, formally um, <laughs> Bachira. This weirdo <laughs> he's a he's character he's, he's something he he has a lot of similarities to ego in a lot of ways he's great he's uh he's real into asagi <laughs> oh yeah he, he is a long-haired pretty boy who is real into isagi and uh he i ship it he plays soccer because it "Quote unquote awakens the monster within him." There, I mean, like there, there's quite a lot of shipping in this too. Uh, if 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 that's what you're looking for, you won't go wanting. Oh yeah, <laughs> Yaoi fans, read this. You will not regret it. <laughs> <laughs> like there is a point in this chapter where uh, Isagi and Bachira are training together, and it's like, what? So why did you pass uh, to me during tag? Well, because there's a monster in me. And it comes out and talks when I'm playing soccer, stuff like steal that goal, move around more. But in that moment, and he gets like forehead to forehead, like meeting eyes with him. It's like the monster inside me said, pass to Isagi. Now kiss. <laughs> he has a monster inside too. So hot. It, it, is, oh, it is insane. <laughs> the sexual tension. I, and yet, I, and yet the, the shonen battle fervor at the same time. Yeah. Uh, they are, they are, uh, Bachi is way too into Asagi because he's just like, you excite me <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> a lot of ways. Uh, there is a moment later where they are having a celebratory meal with steak and he, and Bachi is feeding <laughs> oh, Asagi. Right. <laughs> yep. I, it's like, let Bachira put the meat in your mouth, Isagi. <laughs> I, I am, Bachira is legitimately into Asagi. That's not a joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. It's a wonderful character dynamic. I enjoy it a lot. I mean, in a lot of ways, like the, the, the shonen battle tension uh, uh, honestly should result in these sorts of dynamics more often. Uh, if you can claim anything about Blue Lock, it's that as a series, it is not a coward. Uh, it does not uh -huh. shy away from that, and uh, you can't not respect it. Would you say that shying away is a personality trait of winners, Jacob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and, and now we discover uh, why. I'm just saying this is an... I'll, I'll go even further. This is a soccer harem manga. It really Soccer, is. harem, prison, manga. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Bachira has the strongest ship with Asagi, but a bunch of other characters do too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, again... Origami. <laughs> yep. If you're looking for it, you won't go wanting. 
Uh, but yeah, it's here where we have the little interstitial chapter, which it, it does feel like a sort of thing of, oh, hey, you uh, picked up the, I, I guess I can't really say this because it's at the end of volume one, but it's like, oh, hey, you're just picking up this manga now. Here's something that will get you uh, right into the meat of it <laughs> with a quick recap. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's it starts with a uh, a sports journal interviewing uh a new character, uh, one Sei Itoshi, who uh, wanted to leave uh, this pathetic, stalled out uh, nation of Japan and go and play soccer somewhere cool like Spain or Germany. Mm -hmm. And he's like, man, this interview's bunk. I'm leaving. <laughs> I only uh, came back because my visa expired. Oh, man, you never want to play for the rising sun? He's just like, I would legitimately rather play college soccer in Germany. Ooh. <laughs> this interview is over. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, is my passport renewed yet so I can go back to Europe? This is bullshit. I hey, wait, what's this press conference? Blue lock, you say? Yeah, maybe I will stick around for a while. <laughs> I love this press conference. It's even, it's even more extreme than that, too. It's like um, his assistant just goes, okay, well, uh, you should leave. Your passport's been renewed and we've got your flight uh, scheduled. And so cancel it. I'm staying to see how this ends. And I'm like, buddy, Blue Lock is going on for six months. We just got established. Um, it's, <laughs> these people are in jail for six months. <laughs> yes, I, I love this press conference because it's Henri and, you know, one of the old dudes from the board. And the old dude is trying to, like, uh, respond to the questions of the of the press corps. Like, isn't this kind of immoral to destroy 299 careers? What do the parents have to say about this? Yeah, is it really <laughs> no, the press corps is very important questions of like, how did you kidnap 300 children and put them in a box? Why are these kids who didn't do anything in a jail with no rights? Are you a monster? And I love how the manager just responds, Shut up. Don't you love your country? Don't you know that we'll be the best at soccer? And everyone is cool with that answer because we're in a sports monk. Audrey gets up, slams her palms on the table and goes, this is what is needed to take Japan to the next level. Well, that's sort of the thing, though, because the press corps doesn't seem particularly pleased by these answers. Asagi just leaves. <laughs> like, I, that, that's, that's sort of the move. That's sort of the thing where uh, there, there is, to some extent, I feel like Blue Lock is a uh, very self-aware series. It knows how crazy it is. Uh, it knows how uh, dumb it is at times. And uh, it's sort of reveling in that uh, to its great benefit. There's a thin lining of Blue Lock that is like, it's, it's definitely not a parody, but like there's a slight sheen of it's aware it is a death game about something that doesn't doesn't actually kill people but it does like poke fun at that genre of like so we were just cool with a prison where we caused children to murder each other right that was a thing we were okay with for this series as like yes. and like blue lock at the end of volume one you get the press conference of people going like hey i'm not okay with this like what is this uh, i'm not okay with this too bad we're gonna keep going because the series hasn't been canceled yet <laughs> <laughs> i mean surprisingly or not surprisingly the press corps isn't really there to do much except for reporting yeah and, yeah wait the How press corps doesn't make legislation <laughs> amazing I, I need to so. retake my civics class <laughs> yes, please do, please do. More news but, at 11. Yes. 
Uh, but the the entire time that Henri is like doing her big speech, it's cutting in with uh, Ego doing another broadcast into Blue Lock talking about how, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to rebuild soccer from zero because it's time for the first selection. We're holding a round robin tournament of each wing. The five teams in that wing are going to compete in this tournament. The top two teams get to move on. The bottom three out of here, except if you were on a losing team and you scored a bunch of goals you got the you got the huts before it so you get to stay i know none of this makes sense but i will i will uh bullshit my way into an explanation later so uh good luck dumbasses have uh have fun except don't have fun that's not winning bye not mince words and i appreciate it i'm here for it <laughs> i i really do like how this is set up too but it, like it's very clearly designed like the whole goal thing is like hey, you guys are all, like, going to play, like, regular soccer. And at the end of the day, you're going to try and win as a team. Because as a striker, you still need to win with a team. But also, we're going to add this caveat that completely destroys any attempt you're going to have at making teams by saying, oh, by the way, the person who scores the most points on each team just gets to go ahead anyway, regardless of whether or not their team wins. It's like, well... <laughs> There is a really cool moment of uh, it, it turns into elementary school soccer for a minute. I think they even call it like dumpling soccer. And I'm just like, yeah, it's, I, I, I that always got called mob soccer to me. But dumpling soccer like makes sense, too, because they all just like pop together like a dumpling. I thought it was cute. One thing Blue Lock is pretty good at is um, they'll throw terminology at you. And without like slowing down the pace of the story, they'll just give you an asterisk and give you an explanation. Um, like, for example, just because some of the YouTubers I watched, I knew who Me uh, Messi was, for example. But like, you know, when they when they talk about soccer players, they'll be like, this is a person who did this at this point in time. Um, they're very good about uh, keeping the audience abreast of any information that they actually need. I think it does a really good job of, it, it clearly assumes its primary audience knows what it's talking about. So it gives like just the barest explanation and tries to make it like as less obtrusive as possible because you don't want to yeah. annoy the people who know what they're talking about. But you've also got to be like, well, maybe some people are just reading it and don't know. So it's like it's a, I appreciate that because sometimes like um, Blue Period, we talked about the beginning of it really stumbled from this. So like it would explain things to you from the ground up like you were a complete beginner which kind of devolved into an entire chapter being an art tutorial whereas yeah this will not teach you how to play soccer i guarantee that <laughs> it's actually similar in a lot of ways to haikyuu it's like there are people who are picking this up because they know the sport already and they like the sport already blue lock is because it is so wacky and crazy it makes a point of like having fourth wall asterisks to explain objectively what this thing at is, whereas um, IQ was a little bit more, um, you know, like diegetic in the way that it would do it. And it really, it serves Blue Lock really well because it, it lets them just use terminology for the people who aren't, you know, aware of it. Jacob, in, you remember in the uh, discussion episode we did uh, recently talking about how uh, talking about games and storytelling. One of the things that we discussed was uh, the sign of a good sports manga is even if you're not familiar with or, you know, really invested in this sport, is if um, by the end of reading it, you at least uh, feel a sort of connection to it. And Blue Lock does a really good job of that. <laughs> yeah. Now, maybe I... Uh, 
maybe I'm not the best example for or the best uh, barometer for that particular idea because I'm not a blank slate for soccer. I played it as a kid, but like it's also been like 20 years since I last played soccer. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing for me is I also played soccer as a kid, but I was a goalie. So uh, the striker stuff isn't nearly as uh... oh, I did the striker stuff. <laughs> ah, <laughs> there is there is one moment that actually awoke a childhood memory for me. It was nowhere near as intense as what actually happened in the manga. But the fact that it actually elicited that memory from me, I, I consider a big W for the manga. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that's right, folks. We're going to have the uh, over manga cast uh, soccer team and we're going to go to the World Cup by putting a bunch of people in. Uh... No. <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> None of us are. I will play one game of pickup soccer at a con if it's convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are that athletic enough for that. <laughs> Beer league rules. And that I can fall over. <laughs> anyway. We do have the actual selection to get down to, which has uh, a pretty, uh, pretty standard uh, point system of if you win, you get three points. If you draw, you get one point. If you lose, you get no points. Uh, and then there's also uh, for tiebreakers, a point differential for penalties. I, I love how that's kind of just like and we'll only care about penalties if it's a point differential, because it's like, yeah, if you want to be a striker, you've got to not care about penalties. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be uh, extremely violent going in. Fouling doesn't matter if you're still scoring points. <laughs> yep. Uh, to win. The, the thing that I like the most about the first selection is, you know, it's implied that this is happening across all of the different wings, but we're, of course, only focused on wing five. Remember, for Blue Lock, wing five is the bottom of the barrel. These are the... These are the biggest losers in uh, this entire facility. And yet everyone talks like they are the hottest. Mm -hmm. Which well, they keep it getting told that uh, the, the thing point to succeed is to uh, awaken your egotism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love how that's represented in uh, the first game between our boys and Team Z. And uh, Team X comes out, and in the lineup, they have a shonen battle aura. <laughs> T team X is top tier, because uh, also just going by how they're organized, um, Team Z's bottom of the barrel. Team X is top of the barrel in their little group five barrel. It's like, they immediately put the best team against the worst team. Yep. Within this division. Because again, uh, this isn't about, like, creating fair competition. This is about crushing the weak so they leave. So that only the best remain. And, uh, the game begins. And it, uh, rapidly falls apart for our protag crew. Because, uh, they are too busy squabbling over the ball because of the whole uh, most goals moves on no matter what it, uh, rule. In all fairness, the other team also squabbles over the ball. Everyone is just squabbling and like wily coyoting, like basically, I steal the ball from you. I stole the ball from you. And it's like, yeah, it's this big scrum of bodies. And Isagi's just standing on the outskirts of it like, Wait, this is just a bar brawl. This isn't soccer. What is this bullshit? And uh, that's where we get the dumpling soccer uh, mention uh, until uh, someone is able to break out from the pack. Mm -hmm. My boy. 
<laughs> Shohei Baro of Team X with his Super Saiyan hairstyle. Man who razored in an X on the side of each of his temples. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, gotta rep the maybe team. There is, maybe there is a prison barber. I don't know. <laughs> there has to be. To be. I mean, if they're in here for six months, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, given given the uh, tone of Blue Lock, it's not completely unreasonable to imagine that he came in with that hairstyle, but there's definitely also a prison barber. He came in with that hairstyle and just so happened to lock into being on Team X. I'm just saying, are, are, are you trying to say there weren't already some, like, Giga Chads in the Mercs? <laughs> well, we know that... We know that Mohawk guy from Team Y had that Mohawk because it he appears in the crowd shot of uh, Ego's original rant. That guy with so, that Mohawk is amazing. Yes. Favorite so villain. He, he's not even a villain, but he's, yes. He's an antagonist for, yes. in the strictest sense. Everyone's an antagonist in uh, Blue Period, mm-hmm. including the main character. And also in Blue Lock. Oh, <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> but not but in blue anyway. box. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else, Matt. But um, yep. also, there's much make... less ghosts than in Blue Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> Too many blues. Anyway, Barrow uh, scores a very swaggy goal with and against, declares himself king against uh, Team Z's perpetual goalie, uh, whose entire character is basically, I know I'm not a main character. I'll just stand back here, I guess. <laughs> I, I understand someone has to play the goalie. <laughs> so it might as well be me. But uh, this proves to be Team X's uh, revitalization and Team Z's downfall. As Team X quickly rallies around this standout figure, and Team Z just continues to squabble amongst themselves, fighting over, hey, wait a minute, I'm the main character. No, I'm the main character. Bullshit, I'm the main character, not you. Because you've got all these like people who are like star players and their whole thing is, I'm going to trust in my own abilities because if I get the most points on our team, I'm guaranteed to go through regardless of whether or not these idiots fail me. But Barrow's whole thing is, I'm the best. I'm going to be the best. And he's got a force of personality that just infects the rest of the team who go, no, we've got Barrow on our team. We can't lose. Like, they have the certainty. They don't need to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that allows Team X to gain a very commanding lead, getting to five and zero by the end of the uh, towards the end of the match. And you know it's literally impossible for our heroes to catch up at this point. But uh, Isagi resolves that uh, even if they can't win, uh, it would do wonders for the morale of the team if they at least got on the board. At- all. Yeah, because Asagi's just like, the difference between zero points and one point is, is like crushing. It's the mm. difference between we fought a fight and we got creamed. And uh, so Isagi and Bachira team up to go for a uh, double play. The big thing is Isagi isn't really uh, thinking of it in that uh, context. He's just kind of going for it, doing whatever he can. And the big difference is he doesn't um, pass the because his teammate said he was open and asked for it. He instinctively and uh, reflexively reacted. 
this is such a cool moment yeah. too. Isagi is squared up against Baro, and it's like, all right, you got to our goal. You got to get past me, loser. What are you going to do? And Isagi's stuff standing there like, what am I going to do? And there is this whole panel of where his like eyes and hair are whited out like he's activated Ultra Instinct. <laughs> and he's... He's seeing everyone on the pitch, uh, the pitch's position, the goalie's position, uh, Burrow's, you know, demon aura, and Isagi passes to Kurigami, who uh, lands a massive shot and scores the goal. When Isagi wanted to shoot, but he passed instead, and it worked. He went face to face with the king, and he did not kneel. Exactly. Uh, but that's not that's not the way that the uh, king frames it. Uh, he looks uh, uh, he looks uh, uh, Isagi in the face and says, "If you don't have the guts to shoot, then you should just leave right now." Yes, he crushes him. He's just like, mm -hmm. "You don't have what it takes to be a striker." Well, because like we get that from Baro. His whole thing is everyone else on the field is in service to him. The fact of like weak people working together to beat him. It doesn't mean they're a better striker than him. It means they won, I guess. But if I had better teammates, that wouldn't have happened. Says nothing about my status as king. Mm -hmm. He's got a he's got a quote I really love right here where he's just like, hey, you know, soccer balls, they're not friends like you seem to think. To me, they're little round servants that do my bidding. And I'm like, what the hell, buddy? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> it's <laughs> I also like how the the characters the characters sort of look at him like what? <laughs> well, it's it's because like all the other characters are calling him. Did you really think that was a cool line? Yeah, like because all the other characters call him like the king of the world and everything because he's really good, and his hair kind of looks like a crown. But like he he earns that title. The problem is they're saying you're king of the field, like you're king of soccer. That means something. What he takes it to mean is I am literally a king bow before me peasants and i'm like borrow two steps back buddy you're, you're making you're making the metaphor literal and people are thinking you're crazy uh, <laughs> which is not necessarily untrue to be fair <laughs> I, I and i just love the look everyone gives him of did you really think that was a good line <laughs> <laughs> nobody's impressed after the game it was only uh was it only two to one or did they get more than two it was five to it was, one. It was five to one. It, it was really bad. <laughs> it was some, someone just, else gets eight way worse is the thing. I want to know what Barrow spent his uh, his points on. <laughs> <laughs> right, because if you score a goal, you get a point on luxuries. He probably spent it on the massage so you could feel more kingly. Ooh, ooh, the massage. I don't know. Three points to have your cell phone back is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. They also don't have their cell phones in here because, again, they're in prison. Uh, yeah. Yes. The reward system is literally a prison reward system. It's you get a steak for dinner. You get your cell phone back. You can have a upgraded. Oh, you get a bed instead of the futons they're sleeping on. And then um, one day excursion. And I'm just like, that one makes no sense. <laughs> You're on a very <laughs> tight timetable. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Team Z, uh, Team Z is uh, squat is they're fighting in the locker room about uh, what happened, and it's just like, okay, guys, sure, we lost game one, but if we win the next two, we're 
fine. Or well, if we win the next two and then draw one, we're fine. So as long as we don't lose again, we're okay. Just don't lose again, right? Well, that's that's just the one guy, uh, yeah. the guy with up saying that. Yeah, Kiro. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone's still screaming. That's what they do most of the time. Yeah, everyone's fighting over uh, being a striker. Kurigami does have... I, I really like him. His... Um, his whole thing is he's Mr. Fair and Square. So he's just like, that goal I got wouldn't have happened without Bachira and Isagi. So I think that's our hint on going forward. He says they're sitting, having just gotten out of the shower, steaming and dripping wet. And I'm like, God damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> some of the other guys are complaining, put some pants on. Well, no, that's for Bachira, who's just walking out completely ass, who, who is buck ass naked. Yeah, it, it is of him, of course. Bachira's that guy at the locker room who's just like, yeah, we can be naked in here. I'm like, you technically can, yes. You are, you're doing it in a weird way. Um, <laughs> you're making it weird. <laughs> that was an amazing goal. It's definitely the best goal of the game. If we do that a bunch, we can win. Right, Isagi? Right? Yeah, sure. Also, put your penis away i don't want to see it <laughs> the other thing that's sort of uh important is that kurigame he's actually not the one who puts it together he he defers to asagi and he's like you're the one who figured that out so we should look to him and that's where asagi states out loud what he had been thinking on the field and then uh ego uh shows up on a monitor that looks into the locker room because of course it does um <laughs> Because uh, what Isagi had come to realize was that um, that big squabbling of dumpling soccer, that was zero. It was when Baro took control, that became one. And so he's like, okay, we need a hero unit like Baro to center around. And Ego turns on the monitor. <laughs> it's like, close, but no cigar. I don't just need one hero unit. I need you all to be hero units. So find your shonen superpowers and show me what you can do, you lumps of talent. Are you listening to our conversation and also watching us in the locker room? Shut up! We're not going to talk about that, click. But it's strongly implied and also basically, yes, confirmed. Yes, I am constantly <laughs> listening to you and watching you all the time. <laughs> Even when you're showering. Especially yes, when I, you're showering. Yes, I did see his penis, yes. Finish <laughs> measurements of all of you. It was included in the thing that gave you your original ranking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Uh, yep. It is it is incredibly creepy in all the right ways. Oh, we we Ugh. skipped over my favorite little joke is um a uh, little little monk kid when uh, the first round went by uh, they woke up the next day and their rankings had because their rankings are adjusted oh, each day they're like I love this we went up we went up twenty five points yeah we must have done really good in training and then ego comes on the screen is like. Hey, you guys know I just eliminated one from every single team. So if you notice your ranking went up 25 points, but only 25 points, it's because there's literally just less people. Oh, <laughs> I'm still the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of those ones where it's so obvious and it, Isagi takes a little bit too long to figure it out. <laughs> Igaguri takes so long to figure it out. I don't think Asagi is very bright is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he. He's, uh, he's, he, he's, he's something. I also like how it took me forever to do that math, because I'm just like, wait a second, if you kicked one person out of each group and there's a group for each letter, that's 20, or that's, um, that's 26 people. That doesn't equal, was there 301? And then when they get to the map, it's just like, no, there is no group A. 
It's just <laughs> B. The lettering starts at B, as is normal. <laughs> well, nobody is the A yet. A is reserved for the best. You know, actually, yeah, they're looking for a team of five to send to the, the division. That's probably like, this is my team A. Mm-hmm. Is the five people who are top scorers by the end of the six months that go to the because I the, the real goal here is they're sending the top five people are immediately being put on the U20 team, which is like the under, under- 20 division yeah. of the World Cup, which yeah. is presumably practice for being on the official team once you become of age. But now, but now, now my favorite part of every sports manga is everyone needs to find out what their superpower is. <laughs> oh my gosh, this this moment is great uh, because it's everyone saying what their uh, best feature is, and then there's poor Isagi, just like uh, I don't know. Um, I'm the perspective character, <laughs> which ends up being more true than he realizes. Also, Ikiguri, my specialty is my relentless spirit. Okay, that's a character trait, not an actual skill. Makes me feel good. <laughs> he is the uh, he is the lowest of them. So, yep. oh, there's also Loverboy who says his best thing is speed and technique, but really he just treats soccer like he treats dating a girl, <laughs> which is not the greatest like dating advice, by the way. How does he describe it? Uh, the mountaintop flower type, the kind of girl who is always approached by boys, but has never actually gone on a date and so is inexperienced with romance. The second you break down her guard, she's vulnerable. Uh, but the thing is, he's actually right about that. What? I play soccer just like I love women. Quickly and as trying as hard to score as possible. <laughs> <laughs> The, the thing is, he was actually right about that, because that's in the next uh, first selection game. And as soon as their guard is broken, Team Y does kind of disintegrate. So you're saying he should, since his soccer career might not pan out, he should just, you know, be a dating coach. Yes. OK. I, when you're in a group of 300 people and only one of you is going to have a soccer career after this, I'm not saying you should give up. You should fight until you die for what you want, but also have a backup plan. Have a backup plan. Yes, yes. But yeah, um, El Jiggle. <laughs> Sign me up. I mean, they've all got the they've all got the body for it. Yeah. But uh, Isaki doesn't know what his power is, what his weapon is. And so he's just being alone and sad in the cafeteria when uh, Kunigami shows up like, hey, man, that was a really slick pass earlier. Thanks for that. Um, you're welcome. Why are you saying this? Because I live my life fair and square. If I don't thank you for a good turn, then that's not right by me. Anyway, have a good night. Hold on. I feel like we're having a conversation that only main characters have. Why do you play soccer? <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost exactly that. Like, he doesn't say that, but it's very heavily implied. Oh, I play soccer so I can become a superhero. Not like one of those lame ones on TV or in comic books, but the main characters of uh, of real life of real life tournaments. Okay, so you're just you're just couching the entire thing that Ego talks about in the language of comic books. Yes. Hey, by the way, since I scored that goal, I've got some steak. You want it? Yes. <laughs> well, it it was half your goal anyway, is what he says. Like, mm-hmm. so they share the he, steak. Mm-hmm. And they they really enjoy it. I I love this because it's the first time Blue Lock employs uh, my favorite thing of like we need to have a real dramatic scene. Well, the two characters meet in the cafeteria after hours because that's the only <laughs> time you can have alone time in this prison. 
<laughs> or or in the review room at night. Um, yep. Those are the two. This is also this is also where you get the second strongest ship vibes. I, I'd say only oh, yeah. strongest because uh, the ones with Bachira uh, uh, happen so often. But no, it's it's just second strongest. Full stop. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, this again is like really trending towards, like I said, male harem. <laughs> oh no! Th- there is a pair of panels in this where, like, uh, they're sharing the steak. They're having a grand old time, and Isagi's just got this bright smile on his face. He was like, "Thanks, Kunigami. I feel a lot better. You're a really great guy." And it's like the shot of it's like the shot reverse shot of bright smile. You know, characters looking attractive, and then the reverse shot of eyes widen. Oh, doki doki, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and Kunigami gets embarrassed and walks away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let, let's fist bump. We're going to win the next game. I'm leaving now. <laughs> Bye. The actually like plot important part of this is that they come to the conclusion that Isagi's power is he's got an innate sense of when a goal is going to happen. He can smell it. Uh, and they actually they actually clarify this pretty quickly. Like they they uh, introduce the idea of smell a goal, but almost immediately uh, Kunigami is able to like be like, Okay, yeah, I, I like that's how you conceptualize it, but it, there's got to be, there's got to be something about it that's like more, you know, a thing that exists. Um, and uh, he's able to uh, identify that Isagi, you just see the entire field at all times. You know, most people, the the harder they play, the more their field of vision narrows. But when you are in an intense situation, you can just identify everything. You know, you passed to me, even though I was being guarded because you saw I had a better shot despite the guard at actually getting the goal. I wasn't, it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't open, but I had a better shot. So you passed to me because you perceived everything. They get the, they get the like God's eye view thing a little bit later, but this is the start of that. Yeah, it's it's the it's a great explanation for the initial setup of his like ultra instinct moment of the white eyes and hair and like, whoa, I see it all. (laughs) But with this uh, understanding of our protagonist's special power, his weapon, I think uh, it's a good time to get in a quick break before we go into game two, because holy crap, game two. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go into halftime, folks. Uh, So how long have you had that joke waiting? Honestly, I'm embarrassed to say I just thought of it. Don't be embarrassed. That's actually impressive. All right. We'll be right back. Okay, you lumps of talent. Welcome back to the show. I, I love that line. I'm going to start using that. I'm, I'm stealing that saying, one. It's not even that much of an insult. It gives the idea that there's potential there. You just have to mold it. I know. It's great. <laughs> but yes, welcome back to the show, folks. Where last we left our perspective characters, because I, uh, I hesitate to call anyone a protagonist in this. The characters... Team Z is going into uh, their second game of uh, the first selection, which is uh, 
bit confusing but basically if they lose here they are uh screwed forever so they have to win and that's why they are b busting out their secret plan operation me next nine which is a terrible op name but <laughs> in fact it is uh, pointed out numerous times that it is a terrible op name out loud by several characters <laughs> Uh, but the basic point of it is that they uh, set up a formation where it is centered around one of the members of Team Z and their specialty, and everyone goes to support that. And then after 10 minutes of the game, they rotate positions to get the new uh, protag in there. And this way, they are playing to everybody's strengths and also constantly switching up their strategy to befuddle their foes. At least that's the plan. That's the plan. And um, you might be thinking, uh, where's the nine come from in that? I am not the main character. The character decides to stay on goalie the uh, entire time. And uh, one of them opts out and decides to play defense. Uh, this, this will become relevant later. <laughs> yep. And he uh, specifically never says what his weapon is. But uh, it seems mysterious. to be. It is very mysterious. But uh because that character's, like, entire design is, has a lot of, uh, brooding sad boy in it. I told Jay that character looks a lot like Karama. Yes, and that was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking this entire time, and I'm like, yes, there was a reason why I was particularly attracted to him. <laughs> he does look like Karama, you're right. We haven't mentioned his name yet, it's, uh, Hioma Chigiri. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I really like Chigiri. <laughs> Yeah, Chigiri is yeah. pretty great. Uh, Ch Chigiri is also uh, number three in terms of the uh, uh, ship list. That is not an exhaustive list. Again, there is a... We're building a harem, everyone. We are building a harem. There are strong uh, harem vibes. They're, go they're going in with their big strategy, their big plan. And it all seems to be going fairly well, except for the fact that Team Y keeps stuffing them out. They keep being in perfect position to counter the uh, perfect strategy of uh, built around each of the, you know, forward strikers. Yeah, Team Z's teamwork is on point, but they're just not getting anything done. Mm -hmm. uh, I also I also kind of love and again, Blue Lock is self-aware enough that I, I, I read this as very intentional. Uh, after all of Ego's spouting about how uh, the striker is the most important and defense only existed to support the striker, to support the striker, uh, the uh, the team that focused on uh, defense started winning almost immediately and for almost all of the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there, there's something to be said about that. I really think that that's on purpose. Well, because uh, like, the entire his entire thing is he's like, we're going to rebuild soccer from the ground up. And like the first thing is, yeah, be the best striker, score all the points. That is what the game is about. But it turns out there is some strategy that evolved for reasons. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they keep getting stuffed out. And at one point they get fully counterattacked because um, Team Y's Onisagi, uh, Nico, or his name is like Iko Nico or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh Bachira calls him Bengskun because his hair hangs in front of his eyes. There's a point where uh, Isagi says out loud to him, uh, watch me if you can see through all that hair. Uh, <laughs> again, his series is self-aware. That's uh between Nico and uh Team Y's own top striker Okawa, uh otherwise known as Mohawk Boy from before, uh they managed to score a goal and get the 
uh, lead on our heroes, which means all they have to do is play the stall game for the next, like, 60 minutes. <laughs> which they then proceed to do. Uh-huh. Hey, it is the uh, classic bit of wisdom. Play lame, win game. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not but how this, this works. In this case, quite literally, well, actually, uh, playing lame does not win them the game because uh, team at halftime, Team Z is uh, getting disheartened by how stuffed they are getting. Uh, not Bakugo, right? She is screaming his head off because uh, his 10 minutes were basically lost because they didn't let him have the ball. Mm-hmm. And everyone is fighting over how do they modify the plan? Do we just stick with the plan? Yeah, we just stick with the plan. And we have uh, the the comedy break of this particular section with uh, Loverboy Imamura doing his whole mountaintop flower thing, his analysis of Team Y-Chan, which, again, proves, up, proves to be shockingly right, but is also very funny. We've yet to talk about another one of my favorite characters very much, but uh, Gargamaru. I like him just because he's incredibly weird. Like, in this entire manga of weirdos, he is the strangest because I don't think he blinks. He's just got perfectly wide eyes at all times. No, and the weirdest thing is I can't even put my finger on it, but I just love his character design. It's And it's one of... Well, it's design. very gripping. Yes, it's a character design I typically don't go for, but I'm just like, it's just so captivating. And I don't know. It's just, ugh. Yes. And and his superpower is he's real good at jumping at stuff. So he uh, constantly goes for headers to uh, bop the ball with his head and uh, get goals with it. <laughs> and so that is what his entire strat is built around. Unfortunately, it ricochets off of the corner of the goal and he scrapes his face along the turf. But I believe uh, it 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 also hit the goalie's hand before it goes out of bounds, right? Yeah, so corner shot. It's here where the plot finally clicks for our poor, uh, for poor Isagi. His brain finally catches up to what's actually going on. Because oh, Asagi's been beaten down this whole time because he's still going over from Baru's whole thing. Like, hey, you don't deserve to be here. He's like, everyone else has a special talent. My talent is kind of stupid and doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to. It just has to win. Yeah. It just has to score points. <laughs> Being stupid and not making sense means you fit in perfectly here. Yes. Yep. If, if anything, you focus too much on your talent and you get distracted by other things. Uh, but that's not the point of this, obviously. The point is to see results. Uh-huh. So stop your inner monologue and just do the thing. <laughs> but as they are setting up the corner shot, Isagi senses a powerful presence behind him. I love this manga. It's literally the darkness gathering around a member of Team Y, and he's like, this aura. <laughs> That's the real boss. Never a dull moment. The person who had scored on them, like everyone had been focusing on him. Okawa, yeah. Yeah, Mohawk dude. <laughs> because he was obviously peacocking really hard. I mean, come on, he has a Mohawk. Yeah, look at that hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Isagi recognizes uh, that Nico is the real threat because uh, her uh, advantages of athleticism uh, Mohawk Boy has, he can't actually leverage it without the right circumstances, and uh, Nico is creating them. Mm -hmm. Nico, 
Nico is the strategist, the puppet master of this entire game. Which, I mean, like I said, uh, <laughs> Blue, Blue Lock uh, knows authors that uses subtlety and thinks they're all cowards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is very on the nose. So while Bachira is setting up the corner shot and everyone's scrambling about in the pitch, uh, Isagi turns and runs his ass all the way to go and start bullying up on Nico. Ball gets ricocheted in that direction. Everybody's like, oh, crap, we're going to lose another point. But um, Isagi was already there and uh, retains possession. He manages to go and snag it away from uh, Nico. It's like, I'm not letting you pull your bull from the shadows anymore. And then the line about He's the hair. He says that almost exactly too. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't cuss, but other than that, it's it's that's basically the uh the line because uh <laughs> this manga is a little extra. I don't know if you've noticed. A little. <laughs> they built a prison to make people good at soccer. <laughs> it's a little extra. That's slightly extra. But uh Isaki goes for a shoot, misses. And uh, is cursing himself out for it. But Gakamaru manages to get the big hops in and rebound it into the goal. Like, nice pass, Isagi, which is kind of the byword at this point, actually. <laughs> Everyone who's scored a goal has said it. And uh, poor Isagi is not having good uh, a good time with his confidence issues because uh, he he mentally thinks to himself, that was a shot, not a pass. But I guess I'll take the compliment as he trudges back. I love the next battle because Gagamaru had to do this like insane flying like wuja kick to do that. And so he slams chest first into the edge of the goal. There is a crunching noise. <laughs> and and Raichi yeah. is like, and Raichi's like, I'm excited about someone else's goal, which has big. This is a new feeling. Pride in someone, someone else. <laughs> Energy, yeah. Vegeta abridged would fit in with this group very well. Um, J- Vegeta just from the show would fit yeah, in. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I, I, I could see Saiyan High School being a blue lock situation of like, we put all of our children in a cage and had them fight to the death. Only one gets to graduate. Unfortunately, this year it was Nappa. god think about the graduating class of raditz then oh god (laughs) Uh, but anyway but anyway uh the score is now tied one to one and so our heroes have their chance especially because isagi now knows that nico is the uh, linchpin, and so long as he can continue to bully him, they have a chance but uh a tie isn't winning so uh they're gonna mm-hmm. have to. They're gonna have to keep pushing. We get so many of those great fisheye lens shots of just zoom ins uh, between Nico and Isagi looking at each other. Both of neither of them wear glasses, but they both have the the expression of push us up glasses lenses flare. This stalemate lasts right up until the last minute when Team Y activates their final move. Uh, because Team Z had been so aggressive, they have basically nobody on defense. And so that's when the counterattack happens. Yeah, the and... uh, the plan seems to be Russia. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. 
That's a good plan. <laughs> it, it's a good plan. And uh, that Zerg Rush almost pulls it off, except Isagi activates his main character powers and manages to charge across the entire pitch, steal the winning shot from Okawa because he smelled like a goal. And so he passes it to uh, uh, Kunigami, who sends it to Bachira, who takes it back down the pitch. I thought it was it had to do with one of them. I couldn't remember which, but it's because it was both of them. Bachira sends it to to uh, Gargamaru for another header win, but he misses, except... It <laughs> wasn't the miss. I was aiming at someone else. Isagi tore down the entire pitch again! Yeah, he, he kind of pulls a high cue there. <laughs> And now he has the soccer battle aura and lands the kick that wins the game. And that was the moment that like awoke my childhood memory because it's very distinct. It was me and another kid. One end of the pitch, ball gets kicked, is basically just rolling down the uh, out of bounds. And that kid and I in a deadlocked foot race the entire pitch to gain control of it back. This is obviously way more intense and exaggerated, but the fact that it awoke that memory in me, <laughs> I consider a massive W for the manga. <laughs> My soccer story is uh, on goalie. Uh, I blocked what would have been the game winning goal for the other team with my face and was knocked unconscious. But when I woke up, I was very happy about having uh, saved the game. Knocked unconscious in soccer. I think that explains a lot, Shake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a formative experience, if it, if it wasn't clear. Anyway, that absolutely miraculous play, that insane feat of athleticism. Everyone is like jumping around Isaki like, oh my God, that was amazing, dude. Great work. And he just breaks free and walks over to Nico, who has fallen on his knees crying. And Isaki just looks down at him like, this feels incredible. Mm -hmm. Riding that winner's high. Yes. It's not enough that I succeed. Others must fail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt. Again, Matt goes throughout this manga. <laughs> I love it because the final page of that chapter is just the huge zoom in on Isagi's sweat drenched face of the, his heart going crazy like this feels so good. And then... Jinpachi, fingers steepled, manic grin on his face, watching the monitors. It, it is a masterpiece of a page. <laughs> I, I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of Jinpachi's face. Something about it just sends me. Uh, uh, I really like that scene because we, um, we get the whole thing of uh, they, well, they have their party. Their, their party's great. Their party is great. This is, this is when Isagi gets, um, I don't want to say assaulted, but he gets fed the meat by, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. He does not want to be fed meat, but he is force fed the meat. Yes. Uh. Celebration! Hey, hey guys, I know we said we'd share everything, but we scored this goal. Those are really our stakes. We should at least get a piece. <laughs> right, because Loverboy is a goblin that just eats everything. Very fitting. <laughs> they they party hard. They yeah. uh they ensured their team's survival for another day. And uh they they all sleep well tonight, except for uh Isagi, who who uh kinda gets 
kicked awake by uh, Monk Boy. I wish I remembered the name of Temple Kid. Uh, yeah. While he's kind of just sitting awake in the dark, uh, that's where he gets like the pangs of guilt as he flashes back to that scene of like, oh, why does this feel good? And he's just like, man, does that make me like a terrible person that all I could think why looking at someone crying at their dreams failing was good? I'm glad I'm better than them. Like, oh no, am I a bad person? I better go for a walk and hopefully I don't run into someone who just confirms, no, it's good to be greedy. Your hunger should motivate you to crush everyone in your path because if you're not trying to be number one, what the fuck are you doing here? Unfortunately, he runs into Chigiri. He he goes to the replay room because he wants to watch, despite this moral conundrum, he wants to go watch the replay of his uh, miracle goal. I mean, to a large extent, he's having this existential crisis because that's what he wants to go do. Uh, and uh, he arrives in the replay room to find that Shigiri is already there watching the exact same moment. And I love this because it's this massive screen with like a whole bunch of picture and picture. Like it's like 16 different camera angles ostensibly to show the entire pitch and the entire moment. But in the but when uh, Shigiri and Isaki are talking, every single one of them shows the the like uh, money shot mm -hmm. of him striking the goal. It's like copy pasted out of the previous chapter right down to the panel lines. And Shigiri's uh, like, it's no wonder you can't sleep goal like this it's an incredible moment for a striker i had to come see it for myself uh he he then proceeds to uh, at uh isagi's prodding uh give his tragic backstory chigiri gives the chigiri gives the uh the next part of the smelling a goal as the as isagi's great spatial awareness and again the smog that was writers use subtext and they're all cowards it has one panel it it does like a panel of uh basically wireframe guys running around with cones of vision like they're in a like they're NPCs in a stealth game uh watching the ball and then uh a big wireframe dude looming over the entire field looking down and it's like oh it's like a god's eye view very next panel it's like a god's eye view dun, dun, dun. It's like you're looking down on the field like God. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thank you, manga. I didn't get it. <laughs> Again, it's not a problem. It's very funny, though. It's on purpose. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned, at least slightly extra. <laughs> he basically says something to the effect of, uh, uh, good, now that I've seen how good you are, I can just quit harder or something. I'm not 100% sure what he was talking about. Uh, well, he's he's looking for a reason to give up because, like, he's been told he's one injury away from, like, re-tearing his ACL, and then mm -hmm. he's out of soccer forever, and he's just, like, he's, he's living in fear of that. But he loves soccer too much to give up, so he's looking for someone to beat him so that it's not him giving up. It's mm -hmm. his dream can die because he tried and someone can make the decision for it to because like living it is hurting him. Mm -hmm. So he, he he wants someone else to be the reason it ends so that he can be done with it and move on. I'm going to make a strange comparison here, but it's like the character arc that Sarfang went through in World of Warcraft. It's a very strange reference to make, but OK. Yeah. 
Well, Sarfang's entire thing is he comes from a warrior culture where dying honorably is the best thing you can do. Except he was such a good warrior, he kept surviving all of his battles. And so he just kept flinging himself into greater and greater danger so that he could die honorably like a true hero. And he kept surviving. And the idea that he would eventually just die from old age instead of grandly in a glorious bloody uh send-off weighed on him and chigiri isn't exactly like that but it's close enough well they do they do uh analogize uh uh your soccer dreams to your actual literal life really mm -hmm. freaking hard because uh you know we've been referring to it as a death game Nobody's dying. Nobody's going to die. Like, but it's still but, a death game. But it is it, absolutely framed in that way and executed in that way. And Shigiri wants to go out in a bloody blaze of glory. He wants to have his final, his final uh, showing be something worth remembering instead of just ignobly dying, air quotes, dying. To an injury to a uh, basic injury yeah and uh isagi is uh extremely displeased by by this mindset <laughs> because isagi has started drinking the kool-aid and it's like dude are you actually telling me right now that you aren't here in order to become number one yeah you don't know anything about me <laughs> okay I still think you're lying, though. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, the last bit of story motion that we get is before uh, it's uh, 24 hours to the final uh, game for Team Z in the round robin tournament. As um, Isagi is trying to uh, figure out what he needs to do to, you know, move forward because he's still second from the bottom. Uh, Ego pops in and uh, says, oh, by the way, I'm changing the rankings. I would say arbitrarily, but this actually is one of his most motivated actions. Uh, and uh, he he bumps Isagi up to the top of Team Z. <laughs> because it's now being based on the, sc the number of goals scored. He's just like, before it was based on your, your test scores and just general like game performance. Um, um, in hindsight, it's about scoring goals, and that should really take precedence for who's the best at scoring goals. So, uh, uh I guess the person who scored the most goals is the best player on Team Z. Good job. And Asagi's like, oh no. <laughs> I also love the little, uh, little bit of Ego's home life, where apparently he's just making the <laughs> manager of the team is made Because he's like, you paid me to be a coach, not anything else. And he's just like, I really don't need to pick up after you. This is just, I'm just doing this because I personally think this is gross. Uh, you don't understand. When I, when I played professional soccer, they basically ran my life for me. Now that I'm retired, I do whatever I want. <laughs> He's well, eating instant noodles and all of the uh, teen athletes are drooling. You've only had rice and miso for so long. Oh my God, instant noodles look so good. Well, in-universe, Henri's cleaning up after him because she thinks it's disgusting. Uh, in the manga, so we get, can get lots of butt shots of her leaning over to pick up laundry. Getting real mommy vibes. Uh, we get to our, uh, our denouement, where... What Asagi realizes is that I don't have quite the athleticism of some of these guys, but my game sense is better than all of them put together. So I need to train my body so that I can be at 100% the entire game through. I don't need to be a better athlete than them. I just need to be good enough to be at 100% for all 90 minutes. 
Uh, but now that he's number one, if he starts training harder and training extra, then the rest of his team does too. And uh, mm -hmm. that's the uh, image we leave off on. Indeed. And uh, that does bring us to the end of our reading, which means it's time for uh, the most important questions. So, favorite character in favorite match? How can I say anyone but Chimpachi Ego? <laughs> oh my god, I, have, I don't think I've seen a character steal the spotlight this much in a while, and that's in like anything that I've like read or watched. Someone who says, no, this entire plot is about my ideals and everything will now orbit around that. Get with it or uh, put down the manga, dumbass. I hope you're here for the ride, idiot. <laughs> and I can't help but respect it. Like, I, I don't like him. I don't <laughs> I agree with I don't think I agree with him. Think I'm not sure. <laughs> but this might just maybe question a few things <laughs> but damn if he isn't the most interesting guy in this story for what we've read and as for favorite match as much as i love uh first selection match two against team y because it is you know the standard dramatic shonen battle the tag match at the very beginning of when they're in blue lock it does so much to establish the tone of the story like it tell it says hey you see how we've set up all these classic shonen tropes that get that out of here here is what this is actually about we are hitting you in the face with it as hard as possible and again if you don't like it put down the manga dumbass uh hitting hitting you in the face with it as hard as possible uh just like what asagi did to kira with the soccer ball Again, I respect something that can just lean that hard into it. And it, I don't want to say it fully surprised me, but it did take what I expected and twist it in a very entertaining way. So, uh, yeah, Ego and the tag game are my answers. So, Jay, favorite character and favorite match? Oh, favorite character is so hard. Um... So I have, okay, I'm going to do another twofer, and I know you hate these so much, but... <laughs> I do! It's favorite character! <laughs> whatever. Um, it's going to be our, our favorite coach, Ego, just for how ridiculous he is. Somewhat relatable for telling it how it is, and really commitment to the cause. And as we already mentioned, Shigiri, because... Yes, apparently I have a type. Um, <laughs> favorite match. Um, I definitely liked the second match, the one with Nico. Um, I really feel like that was the match where Isagi really came into his own. And it was really interesting to kind of, I guess the tension I, feel, I felt was the heaviest in that match. Um, also, it was kind of funny to, you know, see... Gagamaro kind of get his face bashed in a whole bunch of <laughs> But um, yeah, so th that was my favorite match. Uh, Jacob, how about you? For favorite character, um, in all honesty, a part of me kind of wants to say the tone of the series is my favorite character. Um, <laughs> none of the individual characters really thrilled me. That's not because any of them have any problems. It's just the characters are sort of interwoven with the wacky tone of the series to the point where... I don't know, there, there's to some extent an idea that, like, saying taking it seriously is absolutely the wrong way of phrasing it, but it's the best way that I can 
express it, you know? So, like, I love it for that tone. And it's not that I'm less invested, but it's it's something close to that because it's so wacky. Like, I'm enjoying it for a different reason than the characters, I guess, is the big thing. Uh, Isagi is still, like, the one that stands out to me because, um, man, that, that, that kid's going through a journey. <laughs> uh, he's learning some things about himself, and he doesn't like a lot of them. <laughs> and... <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just makes for an interesting character arc. I'm I'm very curious to see where he goes, um, because he's definitely the biggest question mark as far as I'm concerned, uh, as to like the direction that the series could go. Um, I mean, I won't claim to be able to predict everything that will happen in Blue Lock, but I do I do think I see where it's going in the broad strokes, but um Isagi in particular is definitely enough of a wild card that uh, I certainly wouldn't put any money on any of it. So he's the one that stands out to me. Um, and I will, for favorite, ma- the second selection match is my favorite of them. The thing I uh, I liked about it was it really got you into the strategy of an actual soccer match. And mm-hmm. I liked the, um, the mental games played and um, the uh, strategic ebb and flow. Um, a runner-up for me, uh, like, you know, I, I, I like the, uh, tag match for all the reasons that, um, Sam mentioned, but the runner-up for me is actually also the, uh, the first selection match entirely because I really like the moment where the, the series doesn't point it out, but Isagi passed again, but this time it wasn't because a teammate asked him, it was because he made a call. And despite the fact that the uh, antagonist of that, like the main antagonist of that game says that that makes him a failure as a striker, that's actually the best thing a striker can do. Um, and I really liked that, that, um, you know, subtle difference in why he passed. Um, mm-hmm. But holistically, I definitely uh, enjoyed the second match more. So, uh character favorite month um so i gotta be careful because i'm trying to think my favorite character is definitely in this section but i can't not for the reasons that yeah yeah because because i really like borrow and shigiri and unfortunately i don't think either of them did anything that that cool in this section they're Mm. both really cool characters and borrow almost gets there um he's pretty cool uh, so I guess of the characters we saw, Asagi. Asagi has a lot I love. He's a great main character. And just that constant, like, him coming to terms with the fact that he has, like, this, like, desire, this, like, hunger that he wants to feed because it feels good. Like, mm. like, 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 it's a little demon in him that's called being competitive. And it just <laughs> feeds on other people's suffering. And I'm like, ooh, I know exactly what that's like. Like, you <laughs> just need to beat other people because it feels good. It's good uh, to win. It, yeah, and winning is defined by other people losing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Soggy's great. Um, for favorite match, uh, I'm going to have to go with the, the consensus here. Uh, the exhibition match, um, X versus Y, is just where the series really comes together. Like, they've decided not to just, like, do incredibly dumb things, like what X versus... Um, or uh, not X versus Y, Z versus Y, as opposed to Z versus X, which is like them doing stupid things and barely making it through at the end. Like they have 
strategy. They've got things, and it's like Isagi really coming to terms of like, no, I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to make the goal. I am going to crush someone and absorb their pain. <laughs> like, because <laughs> if I don't keep succeeding, that loser is going to be me. And I don't want that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, now I'm on the outlier. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on how uh, Blue Lock kind of subverts the standard Shonen tropes? Like Shonen's a lot of uh, talking about the power of friendship. And uh, even when one character kind of shines above the others, it's, oh, my friends helped me get here. This is entirely about individual excellence. So I don't necessarily, I would push back about, uh, against that a little bit because mm -hmm. there are a lot of Shonen tropes where, yes, that is true that it is about teamwork and friendship. But there's also the shonen tropes where it is about individual development and growth. And so there's more of this is more forceful in learning those hard lessons. So I don't necessarily agree that it's a subversion. I think it really hones in on the resounding reality of the situation of, yes, teamwork is absolutely important. Um, friendship is absolutely important. But if you want to get results, if you actually want to defeat the bad guy, if you actually want to score points, if you actually want to be number one, you got to focus on yourself and being the best. Mm. So you would say that Blue Lock is kind of uh, taking off the mask in that regard. Yes, exactly. It, it's leaning into specific tropes of Shonen rather than doing the breadth of Shonen. Indeed, indeed. I got to say what Jay said about how this kind of just it, it kind of stopped lying to itself, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good point, because um, in a sense, I think a lot about Dragon Ball, where there's the meme of it's always Goku. It's wait always Goku. Goku. <laughs> we just wait. We just wait for Goku. Yeah. And then Goku talks about how uh, he and, you know, there's moments where Goku talks about how his uh, friends helped him reach the high points that he's attained. And I know that's not like, whatever, Jake, you you can rant it, with me about it when we're not recording. <laughs> no, 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 it, it rapidly becomes lip service. And I mean, like, even in the good mm -hmm. parts of Dragon Ball, it actually does start, like, the shades of the memes start before I start hating Dragon Ball. It's it's a legitimate writing problem that Dragon Ball has always mm. had, and that indeed a lot of shonens have. Having a manga that just says, no, this is what this is actually about. This is what we're all here for. So here, here's 11 Gokus. Here's 300 Gokus. Start cheering for the one you want and pray they make it, dumbass. Yeah, like as someone who reads a lot of sports manga, like it, it it has the same trouble shonen does but it's actually sometimes even worse it gets a little saccharine about how much it's just like it's all about our team we're working together real hard and i'm just like are you like because you, you you keep having these speeches about teamwork but then the main fight is like main character scores the point on his own and wins the game because you want that catharsis of the someone fighting for something and achieving it and it's like, you, you pay this lip service. Blue Lock comes in here and is like, hey, I know we're a death game. Um, fuck working together. If working together is not scoring you points, it is secondary to being a giant asshole who scores points. Because this is a game about scoring points. It doesn't matter how uh, good your teamwork was if it didn't get you more points. Like, it tears away all pretenses. Every character in Blue Lock would be the villain of another manga. <laughs> like... 
Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's kind of hard to accept on first blush. Because my, ble- my bleeding heart likes stories that elevate teamwork and the idea of working together, we can be more than what we are individually. I like that, but at the same time, it is a little disingenuous and saccharine, like you said, Matt, when a sports manga it has an explicit protagonist that goes against that through its own narrative. Has an actual hero, hero. Like, it, saying teamwork is important is inherently contrary to the idea of having a shonen hero. Because <laughs> if you say everyone's important and they're all equally as good, it's like, then why is one person just obviously the main character like it's the problem a lot of superheroes go where they're like everyone's a hero in their own right except for the person who's genetically superior to everyone and yeah some sometimes you walk that line and you just fall straight over and go like okay yeah Yeah, there there is a, a strong element of uh this is a common pitfall for this type of story not all shonens make this mistake but even good ones can, as mentioned, this is this is honestly probably the biggest flaw in Dragon Ball as a narrative. And, and Blue Lock just does not care about that, uh, that sort of thing. With that yeah. said, though, with that said, though, I have a bit of a different take on it. Like, I don't disagree with any of the stuff said, but there is something that I can't help but notice. And I, I tried to make a point of and, and this is mostly just from me not reading as much as I wish I did. So Haikyuu is the only other sports manga I've like sat down and really read as opposed to just sort of like perused in a in a bookstore or something like that. So I didn't want to make too many comparisons to Haikyuu because um, <laughs> I guess I didn't want to show my slip and then I just said it out loud. <laughs> But um, I, I do think that there's an interesting comparison between Blue Lock and Haikyuu. Extremely important element from Haikyuu that I think is an interesting contrast to Blue Lock. Oh my god, I had his name in my head up until just this very moment. Uh, the deuteragonist of Haikyuu. Sam edited me actually knowing the name. Um, no, you don't get away with that. If you don't know it on the field, <laughs> you don't get to score the goal. <laughs> his surf's revolting against him. Mm-hmm. Is like if you if you take it to the illogical extreme that ego is already at with his mentality about strikers, that's the situation you get into. Like we even talk specifically in Haikyuu, like they do they do the teamwork thing extremely well, and uh, you know they actually don't have a single superhero. They do justify everybody on the team, and on top of that, they show what happens when someone thinks that they are the main character. It goes badly. And the really key and important part is he didn't realize when it was his teammates failing or him failing. Didn't matter how good he was. He like like sometimes he just messed up, but he couldn't recognize it because he thought he was infallible. But the the thing I can't help but notice about Blue Lock is in addition to its self-awareness, on top of that, there are also elements like it's setting up Isagi that his ability to pass when it's necessary there's a difference between pride and arrogance or put another way there's a difference between confidence and ego one will make you fail the other is required to succeed it's one of those ones where like i could see blue lock going one of two directions and it's like this is my guess as of now watch me be proven completely wrong but sort of the way i'm reading blue lock up to this point is that this whole individual excellence versus the power of friendship thing 
it's either going to end with Ego showing that he uh, he actually was as much of a genius as he thought all along because that is part of the lesson, and Asagi is the striker he's looking for, or alternatively, Blue Lock is going to end in a giant punchline about how, yes, this was as stupid as it looked the entire time, and it's <laughs> not going to work. And honestly, both of them would be satisfying in their own way, especially if it the latter option, you know, would have to, you know, obviously not be insulting the Riegers or anything, but I, that, I could totally see this pulling off a curveball like that because it's almost all curveballs all the way down. So, you know, and I mean, like the, the only other thing I can think of is that, you know, to a large extent, I do see, I do see shades of, and arguably done better. Some elements of uh, a lot of Hiroaka's themes be, uh, there, there are some elements of, uh, Hiroaka is, uh, will, uh, attempt certain thematic elements and it usually succeeds, but then there are other cases where, uh, it a little bit trips on its face. Um, because individual excellence is a major theme in that. Uh, but uh Blue Lock being like, I don't give a I don't give a damn about your feelings, um, sort of lets it just say it out loud. There should be uh, you know, series that, you know, make points like that. And uh uh Blue Lock really leans into it. All right. And uh what you continue reading? Matt, you're exempt from this because you say that you keep the you you read the song. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. I, I am continuing reading, so I've already done it. Ha ha, you can't stop me. Uh, uh, absolute uh, 100% for me. One of the things I really loved about this manga, and something that I didn't get a chance to talk about in the actual review section, is this manga is great at cliffhangers. Like, mm. okay, so when we're doing the reading for something, I break down... I, I do a pretty basic, you know, how many chapters do I need to read a day to be ready for recording day? sort of thing there were multiple points in this where i went beyond what was necessary for the day because i can't not find out what happens oh yeah and i chunked two-thirds of this in one sitting and mm -hmm. the first and the first reading section like the first four chapters a giant amount yeah it's an entire volume uh-huh and specifically the one that comes to mind is chap uh, the transition from chapter 11 to chapter 12 because it's Bachira setting up for the corner kick he does the corner kick and Isagi runs away and the final panel is Bachira looking off in the distance like going Isagi like what the hell is going on and I'm also like what the hell is going on <laughs> I need to know <laughs> so I kept reading <laughs> as for me um it, the the short answer is yes the longer answer is as I mentioned, after having read Haikyuu, there is a part of me that kind of feels that Haikyuu is more thematically fitting for me for the 10 billionth time we reveal the uh, indomitable truth that uh, Matt and I are exact opposites. Um, <laughs> if I like something, Jacob doesn't. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty true. Um, <laughs> it really comes down to the sort of the way that I read Blue Lock is, from what I can see, seems to be coming at a, a similar idea as Haikyuu from a different direction. It's really, it's really more, I'd, I'd rather finish Haikyuu first. But with that said, I totally continue reading this at, at that point, And I very much look forward to doing uh, uh, revisits on Blue Lock uh, that would get me to, you know, do it now. It's on my list. It's nowhere near the bottom of my list. It's like upper end middle of my list. And then that just means because of how slow I read. <laughs> I've been getting better about that. I have read some stuff, but. Uh, so in another five years, Jake, yeah. will have caught up if we never do another if we never do another episode. <laughs> oh, please. No. <laughs> 
And yes, I would continue reading. It's a resounding yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, thus brings us to the end of the episode. So thank you everyone once again for tuning in to the Over Manga Cast. As always, you can find us on your social medias where we are at Over Manga Cast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we're also on YouTube where episodes go up to uh two hours no <laughs> two weeks later than they go up everywhere else and you can both like comment and subscribe that's three things not both god damn it <laughs> i'm not retaking you can both it. like comment and subscribe yeah you know what good save matt talk about the website <laughs> yeah we also have a website where you can go and listen to our episodes individually uh there's also a good old comment form at the bottom if you want to talk to us directly or also, we love getting emails um, at, uh, no, that's not how emails work, uh, overmangacast at gmail.com. You can go ahead and write us uh, if you've got a suggestion for anything we'd like to read or just, you know, tell us how cool we're doing. Uh, or as if you're on the way to tell us how cool we're doing anyway, uh, we do appreciate reviews. Uh, so Spotify, um, iTunes, wherever else you can put a review, I guess. We appreciate them. And make but, sure uh, to tune in man. next week. Wait, Sam. Do you hear that? Do, do you hear the, the, the army of skeletons that are marching here? Oh, geez, yes. there's so many of them. And they're all playing tubas and maracas. Wow, what a cacophony of sound that was so elegantly mixed in order to convey what was happening. No, no, that's not actually happening. Well, uh, I do hear uh, the skeletons, though. <laughs> I do hear the skeletons and... I don't like what they're carrying. That's, that's, uh, I think that might be an HR violation. <laughs> uh, we, we go into the spooky month as we start our series of, uh, horror manga. But, um, in the, the vibe of Elvira and the like, uh, you know, we're, ha Halloween's gonna be a little bit sexy this year. Fear, arousal, they're not too far off. For normal people, they should be, but you know, Sam, you do you. Um, hey, hey. <laughs> You can cut that joke if you want. That was kind of mean. Um, no, but uh, next week, uh, next week, let's get into the spooky season as we uh, start reading uh, Gleipnir, uh chapters one through 14. I have no idea what this is, but I'm looking forward to it. Good night, everybody. Okay, no one else is saying good night. <laughs> that's yeah. the end of the episode. Is Jacob dead? <laughs> um. But that's his name. It's Kageyama. <laughs> <laughs>